me, Alex, and Dan are here with Derek from Truth Point Adult Swim web series. Yeah. What are you, Derek? Are you are you a, a streamer now or a um a web TV personality? A web TV web personality. TV. Yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna argue. Actually, you're like a triple threat because you're a web TV personality. You're a podcaster. Mm-hmm. And as of this episode, you're a musician because we got a song from you at the end. That's I, right. I'm now officially a musician. Yes. When people talk about a triple threat, they're talking about web streaming, podcasting, all of the you know, most yeah, significant well, forms of media. Web streaming is like replaced. The triple threat used to mean like you could also dance and stuff, but it doesn't mean that anymore. Dancing it means sucks. You could, you now could it's dunk. about streaming. Dancing is a dead, uh, dead format. Dead it's form. antiquated. People try to communicate things with dance nowadays. They're thrown right out. They get arrested. You get on a web stream. That's how you. Yeah, get you try to across. do interpretive dance in court. Putting the stenographer under all that stress—that shit's not going to fly. No one understands what you're saying. You try yeah, to order a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's with interpretive dance, and they'll throw you in jail, call the police on you. And all these televised events now, they have a person standing next to the speaker doing all this interpretive dance with their hands. You think yeah. anyone <laughs> understands that? A little dance you're doing? Stop it. So before you share your interpretive dance with us, Derek... Um, you're being great as the host right now. Oh, thanks. Do you want to take over? Uh, no, because I don't know what happens next. If you give okay, me your well, beat sheet, maybe I could do it. Well, maybe I'm trying to now. Now that I, you're, I just uh, like that little segue you were, you know. Well, now the segue there. got ruined, so now I'm now just thinking you, about uh, like show us your interpretive dance, Derek. Yeah. No, it it, it got enhanced because I pointed out how good it was. Okay. Well, okay. How about this then? How about this? Uh, let's do this like this is an episode of Truth Point. Here's my impression of uh, that. Hi, uh, my name is Derek. Uh, hi, my name is Drill, and we're Truth Point. And today we're going to talk about um, a subject like money or weed or the Illuminati that like a rapper would probably talk about too. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's verbatim from every script of our show. All right. Well, now I don't have a good segue out of that one. No, you fucking got yourself into a Segway corner. Yeah, you, you're, in the, you're in the Segway box now. I'm I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Uh, okay, once again, that show is called Trust Point. Truth sure. and on. You can find it on... Um, Truth the, House. It's on, on adultfriendfinder.com. Yeah. <laughs> slash Trust Point. So, you know, we're talking about big media personalities like Derek who got a lot of capital they're throwing around. I mean, Derek, I don't even know what he's up to. He's living out there in L.A. He's fucking, you know, starting all his crazy media ventures. But there's another guy like that in Toronto who is renovating this venue called El Mocambo. Yes. And maybe, Dan, Dan, you should give us the background here. Um, well, El Mocambo is a, is a legendary Canadian music venue. It's, like for this, for its, it's probably the most famous one of its size. It started in about 1948. They had swing and like big band stuff happen there, but it really, it really became popular in the uh, early 1970s, I guess, early to late 1970s. It became like uh, it was like the CBGBs of of Toronto, but maybe not as grungy. And famously, like the Rolling Stones would warm up there. You know, they do like if they were going on tour, they do like. 
10 nights at the Elma Combo. And when I was kind of like researching this or whatever, uh, so Justin Trudeau's mom was a huge fan of the Elma Combo. There's this amazing, <laughs> there's an amazing piece from, and I think Very she was theatrical a theatrical family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did uh, they do certain, uh, certain types of theater there? Certain costumery? No, I, I mean, you could argue that uh, her favorite band, the Rolling Stones' entire career, uh, yeah. was, <laughs> was that kind of was that th- that kind of specific entertainment. But um, so she she attended a lot of the Stones concerts to the point where like McLean's magazine ran a huge article about. Uh, it seemed to be mainly about how like Rolling Stones fans were annoyed that she was there because she had an RCMP detail with her, like a security detail. <laughs> And and it was like harshing everybody's mellow out. Uh, the Dothraki. Yeah, exactly. She was. Uh, I think she was sleeping with one of the Rolling Stones with Keith Richards or Mick Jagger. I'm not sure which one. And it was kind of like an open secret in Canadian media. Like she and her husband, Justin's dad, Pierre, um, had like a, a very sort of liberal, open marriage. Every um, guy named Pierre is Polly. That's right. <laughs> Is this like before, during, or after Pierre Trudeau was the prime minister? During. This is oh, cool. Dur- That's even better. Dur- this is during his reign. So, so that kind of cemented the Alma Combo as like, uh, as like this cultural sort of touchstone for like rock and roll shit in Canada. Wait, Elvis do people could, say that Justin Trudeau might be like Mick Jagger's kid or something? I think that was flooding around for a while before the the thing about him being uh, Fidel Castro's kid. <laughs> I think he would be uglier. I agree. Yeah, that's true. He would he would have less physical strength because the um, like he wouldn't be able to plank because the British genes would have diluted uh, diluted oh, the so French. So you're, you're arguing for Castro then in this case. I'm argu- I'm arguing for Castro. Castro is a good looking guy. Okay, Alex, careful. Your your comments are going to be clipped, and you're going to have to answer for this in the future. Yeah, when you run for president, they're going to ignore all the problematic things you said on streams. But when you said Castro is a good looking guy, yeah. Kiss goodbye gonna, to Miami. They're going to send you to the reverse gulag. Castro is a good-looking guy for uh, a Cuban. <laughs> you saved it. There you go. <laughs> nice. You, you fixed it. Excellent. There we go. Um, yeah, so, you know, El Macombo, it it goes on and on through the 70s and the 80s. Elvis Costello records uh, an amazing live record there in, like, 1978, at the peak of his powers. Everyone loves it, and then it closes... Uh, due to just it being a shithole and totally mismanaged. And then this guy who essentially was, his name's Michael, I'm going to fuck up his last name, uh, Workurl. I'm going to say Workurl. Workurl. Michael Workurl, uh, who was the host of Canada, the Canadian version of Dragon's Den. It's like Shark uh, Tank, basically, in the U.S. Yeah, it sucks shit. And he sucks shit. And uh, he announces, like, six years ago that he's going to renovate the place. And I guess it's finally ready. And I showed you some images from it, Charles. Like, uh, what do you think? Do you think it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we should just go through this whole article about it. Because almost every fact is extraordinary. Like, yeah, it's been, like, six or seven years. And it costs $30 million. And like you were saying, it just looks like a hard rock Las Vegas or something. Or San yeah, Diego, I, you said specifically, I think. Well, when I, when I first saw photo, photos of it, so Now Magazine, which is like the Toronto weekly, uh, alt-weekly that's still surviving. They're, 
like sort of the progressive left weekly paper in Toronto, they uh, they gave a kind of a glowing. It's just ad advertisement for this for this opening, right? And the photographs reminded me of when I played at Hard Rock Hotel San Diego, which is one of the bleakest places I've ever been in my life. <laughs> just fucking pure misery. And what band uh, did you play there with? Uh, Divine Fits. We did it totally uh, okay. for, for the money, baby. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, that does sound very bleak. Yeah. Is that a, a hotel? Uh, it's a hotel. Yeah. Hard Rock Hotel San Diego. I had a great time, but uh, man, that show sucked. Do they have any good memorabilia around? Billy Corgan's jeans or something like that in a glass case? They had like a replica of a Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So you sort of. To be in the same room as a replica of a Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar. Dan, someday, if you keep going back there uh, on tour, maybe someday they'll have your vaporizer in a glass case. I would love for them to have like the first vaporizer I got that took like four batteries and weighed, you know, 15 pounds. That would be. Damn, back in my day. In the one in St. Louis, they have a cup of Rod Stewart's cum that got pumped out of his stomach that time. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of eating goes on at that one, but people, people come in. They come in and out. <laughs> they, uh, the, the Hard Rock San Diego has exactly the same photographs that the that the Elma, the revamped Elma Combo does, which is which is funny to me. Like, yeah. So like all the details in that article from Now Toronto are so good. Where they say they're going to open on April first, but it doesn't seem like I don't know if there's like a show booked for it because then it starts talking about how there's a show booked on the fourth, which is like a tribute to some Canadian roots rocker. I think it's a tribute to one of the guys in the band, right? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. The band. Yeah. The Sorry to interrupt, but I was just thinking about this because you mentioned St. Louis. Chuck Berry, he's the guy that taped people in the bathroom, right? Yeah. Yes. He's okay, yeah, so they could have Chuck Berry's hidden camera in the St. Louis Hard Rock Hotel. Maybe in a little case. I think the bathroom there is... You compared it to CBGB, so I imagine the bathroom is already so bad that you could have a camera there, and that wouldn't be in your top 50 concerns. Yeah, that's right. They discovered Hep D on the toilet seat there. A new, a new airborne, a powerful strain of uh, hepatitis, yeah. Yeah, people are loving it. It's the punkest one yet. I'm looking at the, the pictures here. So you walk down the steps. Yep. Uh, and you've got... Wallpaper that's a bunch of speakers piled on each other at random. That's it's like, right. very, it's like a, a fucking shutterstock like stock photo. It looks like there's like some sort of phobia people have of like lotus flowers and stuff like that. And this feels like it would trigger that. It's just all these like oblong it looks like re- circles. It looks like a rejected, like tricky album cover. It's it's bad. It's then you look bad. down and there's a neon sign that says, I'm at the fucking Elmo. Ugh, yeah, so lame, dude. And I and I gotta say, like that the the neon signs t- didn't totally make sense to me. Like the the, the decision making behind the messaging until I started reading about uh, Michael Workerl, and they are like a physical manifestation of his total douchebaggery. You know, his total just absolute shittiness. It yeah, his aesthetic made sense. is this venue like embodied for sure. Yeah, this is. Ooh, a, just, I'm I'm scrolling through the article again too, and the VIP balcony has a tiki bar that's named after him. 
very cool. Extremely cool. Uh, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that likes to spend uh, time on tropical islands. If you catch my drift. Yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> he likes to. Maybe he likes to fly there with a on a on a private plane with some close friends. Maybe little maybe. little Wurkurl Island. Honestly, it's uh, I don't know about you guys, but I always thought the pedophile vehicle of choice would be a boat. They take planes, it turns out. Yeah, it kind of seems like that would be better because you don't have to have logs. If you, you ever have a see boat, a guy taking a helicopter, not a pedophile. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's also, a gentleman's, like a boat, can, gentleman's ride. With the boat, you can get out into international waters and you don't even need an island. People die in helicopters like half the times they go up, so that would yeah. uh, winnow down the pedophiles. Yeah, that's true. The problem is there's like no good way to stop the blades. You just have to gently thrust them into the ground, and a lot of times it just doesn't go well. Yeah, you have to sort of angle it so it hits a tree. Yeah, put your finger in it, you know. Yeah, get a, get a large fan that's blowing air in the opposite direction and slow the blades down. Yeah. That's the way to do it. There's... I, I was just thinking there's about a 0% chance that this guy didn't go to uh, Nygaard's island, uh, like Canada's, uh, Canada's Jeffrey Epstein. who's was a fashion designer who recently got arrested for having a fucking sex island. Um, and you guys always got to copy us. You, know? <laughs> I know, he is you saw totally, us have a high profile guy like that and you had to get one. Don't let the Drake dra- hear you say that. <laughs> He's going to be offended. <laughs> He's like the direct-to-video Epstein because he doesn't really have any deep state connections or there's no, like, international intrigue. There's no, like, Mossad or anything. He's just, like, a rich, old fucking pervert. That's but, lame. What's the point of that stuff if you don't also have the political clout to come with it? Exactly. So I'm pretty sure uh, the the owner of the new Elmo was on that island. I will be doing further research on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still just going through the article here and, like, this the like the renovated venue that's opening in April. There's two stages. The big one is like 500 cap, and I don't know how many uh, people the smaller one fits, but they describe it as having in quotes a gritty rock and roll edge. But then you yeah, look what, at the photos, and it's <laughs> literally like a palm tree with a bunch of neon lights and shit. I think it's because they have like exposed steel. That's like. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I, I don't know. It looks like it's supposed to look like uh, like an industrial club from fucking Lost Boys or something. Or I have no. This is like a child's idea of uh, yeah, absolutely. What a and none rock of and these touch like the cultural touchstones and shit. None of them are newer than the seventies either. Like you can that's tell right. this guy thinks that's the peak of coolness. If you make it look just a little shitty, then it has a gritty rock and roll edge. It's cool that there were so many movies in like the 70s and 80s about what if an eight-year-old boy suddenly got a bunch of money? What would he do with it? Yeah. But we just yeah. got into these the guys. 90s. Like, um, what do you call it? Blank check? This is just what real life is. It's just eight-year-old boys who inherited money from their dad making uh, a music venue. Yeah. That looks and like Bart isn't... Simpson's room. <laughs> It looks like it was designed in The Sims. It's very sterile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it definitely looks like uh, it was you know constructed in AutoCAD and then like printed in large blocks and assembled. <laughs> like man, this venue would be way cooler if it was like The Sims, where everyone in the audience is just doing The Sims dance, and like half the uh, audience is just placing their beer directly on the floor in front of them when they're finished with it. Wetting their pants, becoming yeah. pixelated. 
The owner just removes the door of the venue during a show to watch what they do. <laughs> that might happen. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, that's the next step for billionaires. Trapping people in like a, a uh, murder house. So I think this is one of my very favorite details about this venue, though. So it's outfitted for high-quality recording and live streaming. It's got four. It's 4K audio ready. 4K, and baby. The board has 900 tracks. <laughs> so fucking funny. Whoever designed this place is playing this guy for a fucking fool. Like, what are you going to do with 900 tracks at a live well, show? So cool. Charles, uh, when, you know, when the Ramones were recording their first record, they had to get, like, several hundred Neve mixing consoles in because they wanted about 450 tracks of guitar. (laughs) I wish the Ramones had recorded on a zero track. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. Or what if you had to record, like, 20 symphonies at the same time? Yeah, in this 500 cap space. You have Billy Corgan come in and play a show where he's playing Siamese Dream in its entirety, and he has uh, 500 guys just strumming the same power chord. Yeah. <laughs> the power goes totally. out because of all the guitar pedals. You could maybe like individually mic every audience member and then just like kind of hone in, fine-tune yeah, their the breathing thing. and stuff. You could mic yeah. every of every one of the 500 audience members, and you still have 400 channels to work with for the band. Oh, no, those are all sins. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. how they used to do classical <laughs> recordings in the old days. They would find out who has tuberculosis and then have that guy sit directly in front of the microphone. <laughs> it's actually, it's only 450 stereo channels, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, much more reasonable. Although it's not officially open yet, they have, there have been bands coming through for soft launches. Indie folk duo Mount Joy played Monday night for Indie 88 contest winners. Okay. Are you going to say anything about that? Why, uh, why is that the number? Indie Especially 88? for uh, a genre with... It's a racist indie <laughs> contest. <laughs> yeah. The demographics Indie 1488. Of indie folk is not the most diverse genre, so I don't know if they want to go with that number specifically. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that the uh, radio station called Indie 88 would have a Thulean uh, black metal, uh, folk metal <laughs> band play. And, uh, Mount Joy, Strength Through Mount Joy is actually the full name of that band. <laughs> So a two-piece like indie folk duo playing there. They got 900 channels to work with. I think you were, you were right on the money earlier, Derek, that they're all sends of like, <laughs> you get one mic on the vocals, one on the acoustic guitar, and then just have like 300 different delays going for their voice. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's called Freak Folk. It's new. <laughs> <laughs> it's folk for freaks. Yeah, if your band has an acoustic guitar, but then also like some field recordings... Uh, that's freak folk. You did it. If you're singing like Billie Holiday with a head injury, uh, that's freak folk, you know? So uh, We Curl says Austin City Limits is a great example of what could be done at this venue. It but, is. Like, ACL is completely reasonable. Like It is. ACL is awesome, and what yeah. they're doing is complete dog shit. <laughs> you don't need uh, 900 channels to do ACL. The outside yeah. of this building looks like shit, too. It's yeah. just... Uh, decrepit-looking brownstone. I'm not a city person, really, so maybe I'm biased, but I would rather um, see, like, That's just a, some of that classic grit we know and love from Toronto. 
Maybe make Toronto a new is building. The New York of the North, we call it. Downtown Canada. You know, uh, this guy has been trying to basically have his own little like rock club thing for almost a decade now because he he apparently put something on called Weckfest in oh, cool. uh, in Caledon where where he has his mansion, uh, which maybe we can talk about more later. Um, but yeah, he throw these music festivals uh, for the weird investment firm that he uh, that he runs, and would have like a what do you mean com- weird investment firm? Like they're uh, all wearing yeah. wacky suits, or it's like weird Twitter, but for investing. Okay, yeah. I I was looking pies. at I was You're looking at company halfway, so halfway. Yeah, that would be yeah, they like did. a um, Shark Tank style show where you get all the worst people on Twitter to pitch ideas for you. <laughs> they did invest in uh, in Hootsuite, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, his, it it basically just seems like a giant money laundering operation. <laughs> and uh, he'd throw these he'd throw these concerts and have like uh, I Mother Earth or Our Lady Peace, you know, come and play. So like CanCon, sort of CanCon royalty. Yeah, mm. totally. How about Our Lady piece of shit? Yeah, there you amen. Go. Amen, buddy. That's what I call the, it. I'm pretty sure the, the debut they had like, that insult on this. Program, Our Lady Peace folks. had at least like one crossover hit that got played in America, though. Can't think of it. Don't know. I know they did. I just can't remember what it is, but I know I know one of their songs. Man, if you had thirty million dollars though that you were going to spend on restoring a venue, why wouldn't you just? I mean, you could just hire bands to come to your house for the next like fifty years. Why would you? Why would you spend it on? You know what I mean? If it's a vanity project, why not just have yeah. the idea and then just be have more vain? Come? Yeah, be I'm more vain ha- about it. I mean, he yeah. fucked up because he thought that people would like it. I mean, that's stupid. Just why have the narcissism. Yeah, I wish these guys would just build like obelisks or something. It'd be so much cooler, dude. I think that for uh, the person I could believe would end up at that like end game is Kanye. Oh, I totally. think once maybe like 15, 20 years from now, Kanye is just gonna be- build like a big obelisk in the desert somewhere, and we'll have to kind of respect it. Or like a second moon. Yeah, <laughs> and that'll be like an album launch gimmick. If you had thirty million dollars, you could literally, literally hire your favorite bands to come hang out with you for weeks. And make them write an album about you, they would do it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point because I love uh, more from this article. Like, it seems like he's kind of clout chasing, but in the dumbest way possible. And it's like almost sad where it's, it's sad. Like, he, he thinks says, people are going to like this shit. It looks shitty. It's, so lame. it's lame. But he's it trying sucks. to reach out to the biggest rock bands in the world of like his era, and none of them want to play, obviously, because it's like he says he reached out to Pearl Jam about a potential underplay right. show. Don't, don't convince nothing. them to like you. Just pay them to like you. Just yeah, cut out exactly. the middleman. Yeah. Why are you trying to like figure out what they like? They don't like this crap. They don't want it. No one wants it. You know, he, if you look at his Twitter feed too, it's it's pretty obvious. Like as uh, the Elmo, oh, the this new guy's Elmo. on Twitter. Elmo has been ramping up. Yeah, he's like wishing Vince Neil a happy birthday, and it's like <laughs> one like zero retweets. So funny, man! I was like, hoping he had like two hundred <laughs> followers, but he has eighteen thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, but low engagement. Um, yeah, there's like seven likes on these happy birthday wishes and shit. I mean, it, if you want a window into this guy's sort of whatever like fucking Arctic wind is blowing through his head. Uh, I'm reading like a an interview, a, a piece on him in Canadian Business, 
magazine, and this is like the interviewer uh, meeting him for the first time, and she says, at first, uh, an irrepre- uh, irrepressible workly held forth on a mixture of management strategy, and then there's a quote, uh, empowerment and accountability go hand in hand, but if you don't lead by example, you can't win. <laughs> and his general life philosophy, empathy is the best word in life. Until a friend calls and puts him on speakerphone. Somehow that conversation digresses into a debate whether Workley uh, once kicked off, uh, was once kicked off the stage at a private rock concert uh, for trying to make out with a drummer. I did not make out with the drummer, he shouts. I might have given her a kiss, but it was friendly, man. Oh, my God. It's just rock and roll, dude. Just Using your millions yeah. to get a drummer at your venue and then... And giving her just the old try, smooch. Try and make out with them. Yeah, very cool. Very, very yeah. cool. Damn, this guy rocks. Should we talk about the backstage uh, and and how cool the backstage is? <laughs> yeah, I think that's another incredible feature. It's sort of like a Rolling Stones 70s backstage feel. So there's just about 20 different 13-year-olds hanging out back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it says, uh, even the green room is wired for sound and video for behind-the-scenes moments and, if an artist wanted, pop-up acoustic performances. So they're it filming you no in the green room. It makes no fucking sense. Exactly. It makes no sense. It's, yeah, it's for him to watch you. I'm glad uh, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to get you up yeah. yeah, it's for him to it's for him to peep in on people. Like, no one fucking writes songs backstage it just doesn't happen i got i got a couple chords i got this poem i was working on you know what let's put together a song and then play it hey fellas uh no he's gonna get 4k 4k audio of people sighing and like the sound of like fingers hitting the glass of the phone and the sound of like sabra hummus being shoveled into people's mouths (laughs) you know and like yeah it's just uh the sound of people not talking to each other because they've spent the last month in a van together. <laughs> Fuck off. They're in <laughs> the screen grabs. The, the picture of this fucking guy, he looks like Willy Wonka, kind of. He does. He he definitely has a Willy Wonka vibe. He's got like a he's got like a oh like a like a Miami Beach Joker thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> This whole thing would be cooler if he built the venue and then instead of trying to get famous rock bands to play there, he invited a bunch of like indie bands to like some kind of death oriented contest where they're all fighting for the chance to inherit the venue. Yes, I like that. And he wouldn't have to do renovations on it. It would just be like, whatever, you know, you battle, you battle in the song pit. I mean, Mount Joy would be up for it. Certainly. Pearl Jam might be up for it. He's waiting to hear back. He's reached out. I think they should turn this into luxury condos. <laughs> yes, right. that would actually be less distasteful. <laughs> it would be better. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Just this fuck is the it. only. It's literally the only venue in North America where that's true. Fuck it. Why not? Who cares? No, Madison it's, Square Garden too. Let's get rid of that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the other good detail about the green room is that. There's no furniture yet, but the executive designer slash production manager says there's going to be a, quote, rock and roll shower. Okay. (laughs) What? Fuck that. (laughs) Speaking of Chuck Berry. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking rock and roll shower. I, you know. Wait, there was a uh, rock and roll shower in the green room uh, when you played the region, right, Dan? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Did you you take a good look at it? Did you... uh... 
I mean, it looked like a very small, dirty shower. Is that a yeah. rock and roll shower? Yeah, that's a rock and roll shower. So a rock and oh, roll cool. shower is a shower in a bathroom that you have to share with six to ten other people that has a toilet in it and then a shower. Uh, and that shower, the floor will be really slippery. Uh, there's going <laughs> to be leftover uh, shampoos and uh, body washes and like maybe medicated salves that other bands have uh, forgotten in the shower and that'll be what you wash yourself with if you didn't bring your own and it just makes you feel like you know strumming a few chords and maybe belting out something from your heart yeah yeah that's true you got to remember your flip-flops or else you get musician's foot (laughs) (laughs) you should uh every medicated salve you find you should just assume it was from like uh keith richards or whatever if I find a salve, I, I like generally try and cover all my bases, and I'll just rub it all over me. Like, doesn't matter. Just that's the rock I, and roll lifestyle, where if someone gives you drugs, yeah. you're just gonna take it, man. Yeah. Might as well take that medicated salve too. I don't care. Yeah, it's a could party lifestyle. Could Vagisil hurt you? <laughs> At the very least, it's gonna moisturize your skin. This is true. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I mean, I think maybe what they mean by rock and roll shower is just a shower that's clean, maybe, or has a picture <laughs> of the Talking Heads in it. Does it have uh, memorabilia in the shower? Maybe it's like Hard be, Rock Cafe. It's so probably got amazing. like fucking red lights and some kind of lavender mist or something. Yeah, a camera and some strobes. This is the soap that Little Richard used on Sesame Street in the tub. It's, uh, <laughs> instead of water, it's just fucking fireball, uh, like, like fireball liqueur. Yeah, there's nothing more <laughs> rock and roll than fireball. It's banned in a number of European countries, so that's how you know that we, uh, we live dangerously over here with it. It would be cool if Neil Young had, uh, a vanity brand of liquor called Cinnamon Girl, and it was just oh, fireball that's good. that he just put in his <laughs> bottles. It just has his face on the bottle, and they're shaped like a, like a porno player. It's like the Toblerone <laughs> triangle thing. Oh, this is such a great idea. Oh, man, yeah. Just, yeah, repackage uh, Fireball, add $10 to the sticker price, bam. Millions. Place flag files. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the equivalent. If Fireball is an MP3, uh, Cinnamon Girl is flack. That's right. That's a song where fidelity is paramount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's always been so funny to me, man. Like, Neil Young... He seems like he really wants to understand audio fidelity, but like has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, and he really likes uh, trying triangles or something. It's the perfect shape for the hand. Yeah, <laughs> sacred geometry. That, do you guys remember like a couple of years ago he put out a like he put out a song? I don't think it was on any record, but it it was just basically him uh, dunking on Apple and how bad iTunes sounds. No, that's hilarious. That's like something a rapper would do. It probably and, still had like some pretty killer riffs in it. I think it did, but uh, there, I, I, I might be imagining this, but I'm remembering like part of the video where he's like takes a bite out of an actual apple, and the lyrics are "Take a bite, tastes like shit." Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll try and dig it up, but holy shit, yeah. Apple did the opposite. They. Uh, Instead of forcing you to have the album, like the U2 album, they banned it from iPhones. <laughs> it would auto-delete every time you bought it. Like, around the time he was doing all the flack shit for Pono is also when he made that album that he recorded in Jack White's little booth in Tennessee, where it, like, is super low quality, like, 1940s-sounding shit, and it presses it right to vinyl, you know? 
That's it's right. like you're making the lowest fidelity possible music while trying to argue that people need like the richness of flack, you know? <laughs> yeah, they kind of don't understand what's wrong. They know something's wrong about modern music distribution. They can tell something's off, but they think it's that it doesn't sound as good as it used to, which isn't the problem. It's that you get paid uh, 0.00001 cent per song. Yeah, no, it's, it's because music doesn't sound the way it did in the 20s. And you know who I blame? It's the young <laughs> artists for not getting it. I, bl- I blame young artists for not recording on Edison spools and having everything compressed down to like a single high mid frequency where like uh, you had to have a clarinet player in the band to hear a melody. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah, it's all just clicks and clacks these days. Yeah, um, re- recordings sound good when you couldn't play the drums or it would make the, the recorder explode. Exactly. You guys, did you guys see the uh, recent thing about uh, Spot, Spotify, Spotify's financial woes where uh, they're hugely in the red? So they've set up this thing called Spotify Marquee, which is basically charging artists and labels five grand a cycle to give them a function that Spotify already delivers for free. Holy shit. I had no idea it was that much. I thought it was like a Spotify gold thing where it would be like no. 20 bucks for a band. It should be no, just taken, they out, have this <coughs> taken out of new, the percentage. They have this new inbuilt, like totally unnecessary inbuilt platform uh, that's so clearly just a way to squeeze more money out of labels. And people are doing it already. Apparently uh, cold, that band Cold War Kids, their record label... Or management has already like forked over five grand. So oh, that so sucks. So their yeah. fans, like it's bas- basically the way they pitch it is like, let your fans know that you have a record coming out, and it'll be five thousand dollars. Even though if you have Spotify and subscribe to a band, you get that information anyway. So I guess they're just gonna paywall it now. Like it's. Or so if you want like your track to show up on new releases. You better be paying for that. Yeah, which was kind of already a thing that not a lot of people wanted to talk about. That like you you really had to you know suck up the Spotify to get playlisted or get on new releases. But now they're just straight up being like, uh, it's Paola 2.0. We need we need the yeah. money. Fuck the algorithm. Fuck what you like. Well, music right. sounded better when it was Paola. It just had a warmer sound. When the DJ was, <laughs> that's uh, a good point. It's a, it's actually a return to the old system, which does make it retro and better. But uh, well, I, I it was really like, sucks. Well, what's a, what's an indie band to do? Yeah. Well, I was reading the article and I was like, obviously, the thing to do is to you know have like kind of a solidarity movement within independent artists whose music is just on Spotify, whether they want it or not. You know, uh, have a solidarity movement and just be like, no, we're not paying this. We're gonna you know, announce uh, this new album in any other format but Spotify. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. So, and then I scrolled down and was like, oh, there's already, like, Trippy Red and Cold War Kids are, their management is already just fucking forking over the I box. mean, I assume, so, is the management just probably doing it without even really telling them? Uh, the fewer people that do it, the more advantage there is to one person doing it. Game theory. Actually, it's time for some game theory. I gotta (laughs) assume you're right, though, Derek. Like, it's got to be management. Like, depending on the label you're at, there's got to be certain labels that are just like, "Fuck it, we're doing this." You know? I think. How the fuck can they be running out of money anyway? Why do they? 
Why do they have more than like 30 employees tops? Yeah, how do companies not ever make money? Isn't that the point? Aren't they Isn't already the point like of a skimming company? a shitload off the top for what they do? I think if, if they don't make money, they don't have to pay taxes. So, you know. Uh, the office is entirely beanbags. Uh, they have the computers on beanbags. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> what about Bandcamp? Is Bandcamp shitty? No, Bandcamp Band is better. great. Yeah, Band I think it's good. good. I'm pro Bandcamp. Like I mean, you get a good the, percent, the like one good one. Yeah, you yeah. get at least like maybe seventy percent of the like uh, money from album sales there, which is so good. Like digital sales, yeah. So it's just like why why would Bandcamp, a much smaller company, be able to do it, but Spotify, which is the one, not be able to do it? Because Bandcamp's independent and not trying to be a massive corporation that's paying its executives tens of millions of dollars. You know, like yeah, I guess. Yeah, Bandcamp, I guess, doesn't have shareholders, so that's probably the big difference. Yeah, Small it's still a real company that aims to help people instead of destroy everyone's lives for a profit. Companies that aren't based on uh, supplying sex trafficked children to venture capitalists to get them to keep signing checks to you have to show profit at some point. That's right. <laughs> they can't just go 20 years without making any profit and just keep asking for more and more money from some shadowy guy in Silicon Valley. Bandcamp does need new features, though. They need to have, like, a stories feature where bands can tell you what they're doing, like, at that very moment. Bands need, need to be able to text you. Uh, yes. Bands need to be able to upload funny vids. Bandcamp needs tour. to get the Beatles on there. Spotify's got the Beatles now, but Bandcamp, they don't have the Beatles. They wonder and why then, they're less successful. What if I want to donate to the Beatles? You know, I was trying to buy a Hard Day's albums. Night for 50 cents because I heard it on the radio. Just trying to support local artists. <laughs> I heard, I heard, yeah, I heard some Beatles and the Qdoba, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, what? Hey, what's this? Can you go check the radio?" <laughs> yeah, ask them to turn it up. They have like a little like '60s looking radio with an antenna, and you're like, "Hey, hey. turn that up. What is that?" <laughs> hey, dial that in. The sound is fresh, and then you go support them on Bandcamp so they can tour. That's how it works. I gotta think about this. I wanna. I'm, you know, I'm in the process of recording an EP someday. You know, God willing, um, I'll get to go to the Bandcamp executives. I don't know how it works, and beg them to put my EP on Bandcamp. It's a literal camp that you have to go to. <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> you either pass or you die. Yeah, pass or die. It's a battle royale type situation. You do monkey bars and stuff like that. I think yeah. if I were you, I would just get signed to a major label. I'd be easier. A lot of right? people they go on indie labels, and it's like, what are you doing, man? Go on Sony. Yeah, do you want the small sandwich or the big sandwich? Just fill out the form on Sony's website, put the name of your band in, and cash yeah. the checks. Yeah, make sure you sign the deal that is 360, because that's all the degrees. That means you're getting the best deal possible. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, one night, three years from now, they'll, like, call me up and tell me there's, like, someone I have to kill in some <laughs> ceremony under a triangle with a bunch of lights and guys in robes and, you know. Oh, I mean, that's what Beyonce did, and I'll do it. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you have to. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. you got to feed the great Moloch. Once gotta, every three years, that's less than one person. Like I'm just per trying year. to hustle. Like uh, you know that band, the Unicorns. Mm. Yeah. You know, you know how they haven't released any albums for a while. Mm. And you know how like uh, they put a record out and then never did anything else, and then Wolf Raid put like five records out. Yeah, I, I recall. Yeah, so. You know that was that was our bargain, right? With the Dark Lord of Entertainment. Oh, okay. You 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 cut them off prematurely. Yeah. 
yeah, we had to we had to ritually murder both of them. Good call. I mean, as 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 we know, there's just not not room enough for two indie bands with wacky noises. It's true. You got to get rid of Wolf Eyes. <laughs> Singing about ghosts and shit. Yeah. <laughs> there can be only one. Any band that has Wolf in their name, they got, you got to get rid of them. Yeah, Dan, have you ever thought of doing a song where you just make spooky ghost noises? <laughs> would, yeah. Yeah, why not? Whole album. You could release it um, as like a cassette through McDonald's around Halloween, where if you yeah. buy a Happy Meal, you get the cassette of spooky sounds. Um as we know, Same Ghost Every Night uh, has a lot of moaning and such in that song, and I would like to submit that song has something to do with ghosts, given its title. Dan, we got to get you on credit. Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost every night? Is it Casper? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely Casper. It was a pain to Casper, you know? You ever hear that rumor that Casper's the ghost of Richie Rich? Because they kind of have the isn't same body from, type. Isn't that just from The Simpsons? I don't know. It's either it's either a rumor or something from The Simpsons. Casper's the ghost of um, Charles Lindbergh's murdered son. He's an anti-Semite. That's why the I don't support him. The ghost or Charles Lindbergh? Yeah, it's, it's good that both, he's dead. Both of, both of them. them. He, he oh, learned yeah. it from his dad. He's wearing a sheet, so he's basically in the clan already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, his dad was racist. I don't think so. Not buying those comics anymore. Yeah. So you believe Plus, that uh, racism is genetically inherited? Uh yes. Yes, and we should discriminate against racists, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, okay. separate water fountains for racists. Yeah, no problem Actually, here. no, wait a minute. That's what they want. Scrap that. No, no water at all for racists. We'll, we'll be over here hydrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no getting... water for racists. So I'm still looking at the venue that we were talking about a lifetime ago. <laughs> um, and I like that there's a lot of uh, quote-unquote Instagrammable sites there. But all the yeah. examples of Instagrammable sites are like a neon sign that says, be naked when I get home. That's my favorite thing about this article is that, you know, now. That's magazine, a sign? Yes. I, yeah. guess I, I guess I didn't read it. Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, how are what you supposed to do mean? that if you're at the venue? That's, be naked uh, when I get home. Because you what, Instagram it and then they see it on Instagram and they're like, ooh, I'm going to get ready. Yeah, that's it. And again, like Now Magazine, the magazine that published this is is a progressive, uh, nominally like left alt weekly, and that that was the thing that stuck out to me most about the article is just like there there is no, nothing in there questioning like how absolutely this space is just a physical manifestation of an old, rich, weird dude's perverted, shitty child brain, you know? There's a little bit of contempt, like, sneaking through the writing, though, because there's yeah, this paragraph yeah. that's like, we curl is weirdly proud of the bathrooms. He mentions them a lot. There are 28 <laughs> of them, about 10 times as many as they used to have. <laughs> They're all outfitted with high-definition cameras. Yeah. yeah, and 4K 900 audio. 900 channels of audio, yeah. yeah. Just like the the decor, I mean, it, it does remind one of uh, date rape. I mean, it's, it's yeah. fucking abysmal. Yeah. I feel like there's there's got to be somebody out there whose apartment looks exactly like this, who sees this article and is like, fuck yes, this is great. This is amazing, you know? Yeah, someone who, th this staircase here where it has all these names printed of artists who played there like 50 years ago before it sucked. 
I imagine someone like each step says one band. It's like the guess who meatloaf, Joe Jackson, whatever. I'm imagining someone just taking a photo with each step and just going up one step at a time, doing a thumbs up next to the name and just keep <laughs> Instagramming each step. And then you get to Rory Gallagher and you're like, who? Damn legends out here. Great white. That was the last one. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> So for the person taking the photographs is the guy that built the place, and he's sending those photographs uh, to each of those bands on their birthday. Yeah, to Pearl Jam being like, yeah. eh? Hey, 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 we like you. Yeah, the whole thing is just a, it's a mausoleum. It's it's kind of advertising, nothing good will ever happen here again. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why we put all these pictures up. It won't happen again, folks. It's over. Got it. It's I'm almost obsessed. like a an Egyptian tomb for like... <laughs> a vibe you know <laughs> <laughs> he should be bury the there. rolling stones alive in there with it. <laughs> yeah, you can play him songs in the afterlife that'd be a cool last show for them i would respect that if they're playing as the uh, walls and ceiling just cave in around them that'd be pretty that'd be pretty fucking rock and roll you know what they get buried alive with 500 of their biggest super fans and then someone, the city, <laughs> someone opens the, the tomb like 10 minutes later and sees the Rolling Stones. It's like, oh my God, these mummies have been here for hundreds of, hundreds of years. This, the city of Toronto just pours like 400,000 metric tons of concrete on top of it, like Chernobyl reactor containment style, and that's it. And they just put a, they put a replica of Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar cast in uh, bronze on top of it. <laughs> that's a good idea. Where's the downside? Yeah, there's no downside. Huge boon to the cement industry. You know, you guys have been talking a lot about a bad venue, but, you know, my question to y'all would be, what's what's the perfect venue? Oh, man, Thalia Hall in Chicago. That place is, uh, I was what's, thinking What's about, good about it? Yeah, it is a good place. I was thinking about it when I was reading the article because there are, like, a few cheesy things about it. Like, the, the front bar kind of has some photographs of bands that have played there. There's posters up, but the whole space just works. The backstage is great. Uh, and it's like a hundred year old venue that was closed for a while. And now they like renovated as of renovated it as of the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's, like a, it's a cool room. And they, they've somehow managed to like preserve the vibe of it. But uh, oh, they did do it. a renovation, but it doesn't feel like a theme park version of the old one. Yeah, exactly. It's really good. I one time at Telia Hall once I saw some of the most memorable stage banter maybe I've ever seen of uh, Titus Andronicus played there. And like, you know, it's a very old timey looking venue where there's like all these these old booths on the sides. And uh, Patrick Stickles did this thing of like, as I'm looking at these booths in this theater, I'm reminded of a certain president or whatever. And then went into one of the like Abraham Lincoln ish songs from the monitor. I was like, all right, I got to hand it to you, dude. That's good. It's pretty good. A uh, good bit. Yeah. He's he's Patrick Stickles is good at bits, man. My favorite uh, venue or my ideal venue is a place it's made up. I'm making it up right now. It's called the lab and it looks like a high, <laughs> high school science lab and it has a chemical eyewash station and everyone sits at uh, desks <laughs> that have sinks in them. And uh, the drinks are in little beakers. Um, and that's it. Who who plays there? Like uh, They might be giants, for sure. Yeah. I was thinking, like, a, electronic music. or But they all have to wear, like, full lab suits and goggles and shit. We are scientists. She blinded me with science, that guy. Thomas Dolby. Yeah. I like this. I like this venue. I would play there. I would wear the lab coat. Um, 
TV on the radio doing Dear Science in full. The guy from The Offspring who got his college degree. Oh, is it Dexter or whatever, or is it the other guy? I don't remember. The I, guy yeah, I think it's him. The guy from Bad Religion who's a sociology professor, anthropology professor. Don't know. He's a professor. Yeah. What's what's the deal with being a genius and liking uh, mediocre pop punk? Anybody know? Yeah, I don't know. It's the easiest thing to pick up quickly so you can pretend to be like a polymath. You're good at this other thing. <laughs> and then it's like, I'm going to learn to play power chords and then it'll look like I'm good at this too. Right. It was like their extra credit thing to do. They didn't have to try hard at it. Unexpectedly, they got very popular. Get doctorate. Also, uh, learn how to learn how to play four chords. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Rivers Cuomo, who uh, you know, famously a master of the English language, was accepted into Harvard on the strength of uh, Weezer's first album. That's right. Yeah, that song about playing with action figures in the garage. They heard that at Harvard, and they're like, "Damn, we yes. need some of this over here." They said, "Yes, you can come date our nineteen-year-olds." Yeah. <laughs> We got Asian girls here. You want to look at them from out the window? <laughs> God, that tweet of his I retweeted a while ago where he's like, what do I need to do to make myself more attractive to Latina girls? Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Holy fucking shit. You got to get wow, a pompadour. Wow, what an idiot. It's so obvious. Just be Morrissey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Didn't uh, you say something about the guy's nephew killed somebody or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a weird coda to this this the like shitty story of uh, I don't know trying to trying to build a playhouse basically for yourself. But but um, so this guy uh, whose name I can never pronounce right, but the guy who's building the Elmo. Uh, so two years ago, RCMP responded to a call at his mansion and found the body of his nephew's uh, friend at, at the mansion. And basically what happened was uh, this kid who got killed, Tyler Schwartz, was, uh, was the best friend of trying to find the kid's name. There's not much, there's not much information in, like, um, in and sort of mainstream Canadian press about this. It's all like local press. Jonathan Weir. So this guy's nephew, Jonathan Weir, killed his best friend, Tyler Schwartz, and went to prison awaiting trial and got sprung on bail. And uh, part of his bail conditions were that he was never to go back to the mansion. And then there was a complete press blackout on the details of the crime. And like they it. don't know how he was killed, or nope, they don't know how he was murdered. Uh, just they don't a know. mystery. It's just a, it's just a mystery that has yeah, just like a just like the faint uh, like echo of a shadowy cover up, vaguely reported. Yeah, very Canadian, very Ontario. Like. Sir, your punishment is that your parents have to buy you a new house. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's Uncle Magic. I mean, it seems like they maybe got into uh, they maybe got into an altercation over shoveling snow. That's that after reading like three articles. That's that's kind of they what couldn't I, get a snowblower or I a plow not. service. That is a. Uh, How do you have enough most, money that you can cover up a murder and get away with it? That's you don't very have enough to hire the plow Canadian to to kill someone over an argument about sh- uh, shoveling snow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
But these are all psychotically rich people. So, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what happened? Who knows what happened at the mansion? Uh, all I know is I can't wait for Wolf Parade to play the inaugural uh, Elma Combo relaunch. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you guys uh, need your own venue and your own mansion. Play a show at Wolf Parade Mansion. Yeah. And then Wolf. you can uh, kill Derek and no one's ever going to come after you. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Derek, I, I got to say, watching Truth Point, I, I was really bummed out in, in Philadelphia. I kind of hit an emotional low point on the tour. And we were staying in this Airbnb, and I, I was sleeping in this tiny little room that had like a pullout couch and a TV bolted on the wall. And Arlo and I cheered ourselves up by curling up on the little couch together and watching as much truth point as we could take before our brains started melting down. Oh, that's it, amazing. It, it was like great. You're in prison. It, it totally refreshed. <laughs> It totally refreshed me. And the room had like a little window into it from the hallway for some reason. Like they wow. pull a curtain across. So like our tour manager walked by and just like looked through the little window into the little room with me and Arlen curled up on the little couch, just howling at the aliens episode <laughs> and was like, what the fuck are you guys watching? <laughs> and we couldn't explain it to her. So uh, good job. Truth point yeah. was actually made for those kinds of rooms. And for that kind of situation, it should only be watched by someone that desperate. <laughs> but that's awesome to hear. Yeah. So uh, on that note, Derek, what kind of person should listen to your song here that we're going to play? Oh, my God. It's somebody far away, I guess. Somebody at a distance from whatever's playing it. If you see Eric on the street in L.A., shake his hand and say you liked his song. Did you say Eric? Did I say Eric? I hope not. You just said There's- Eric. Oh my God, yeah. I'm Joe Bidening over here. Just because he's Before on Adult Swim, you think he's either Tim or Eric. The only two yeah, guys so at Adult check Swim. Out, check out Truth Point starring Tim and Eric. It's been good having you here, Eric Warheim. Awesome uh, show featuring Drill and Derek. Yeah. Well, wait, Charles, you fucking, you played like almost every instrument on it, right? Well, I only played like two instruments. Uh, okay, guitar I, I and sent bass. you, I sent you not an iPad instruments. demo. You played guitar and bass. There's a lot of effects. That's true. And Arlen from Wolf Parade played drums on it. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the full credits out there. Yeah. So it's Arlen on drums, me on bass and guitar. But I'm really just copying what you did and just making right. it not an iPad recording, you know? True. You're but I, I, I just wanted to mention that because if people like it, it's all of us. And if people hate it, uh, it's, all, it's all of us. But it, the demo I sent Charles was, uh, it was like... If you've used GarageBand, you know, they have those, like, pre-made, like, fake robo-drummers. Like, they have, like, Kyle, SoCal, what's his name? SoCal Kyle or something like that. (laughs) Those Um, are actually pretty good. I like the 70s guy. Logan. 70s guy is great. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he is. That's a good-sounding drum sample. I need to check those out. He's a real ringer, that guy. And then I uh, used, like, yeah, it was just, like, synth bass and really shitty-sounding synth guitar. Um, a couple tracks and then my heavily distorted fucked up vocals. The vocals sound great. I love it. Yeah, Charles did his own his own thing with the vocals. It got it to a good place. It's got a good I would say neo noir gothy vibe. I was trying to force Derek to put less distortion than he wanted on there. It's one of those things where like everyone hates their own voice, you know, so 
It's the producer's Derek, dilemma. Yeah, Derek's trying to drown it, but I'm trying to semi-drown it. I'm trying to make it like the midway point where Derek's a little uncomfortable, but like a little bit not, you know? I mean, it still ended up being like pretty affected. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it kind of suits the song because like those are like electronic, electric drums and, uh, you know, the whole vibe, I think, can stand to have some pretty affected vocals. It'd be weird if they were totally dry. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about it or should we just play it here? I mean, I guess we should just, uh, you know, kick out the jams. That felt so fucking insincere. <laughs> I, reg- I regret saying it. Like even is as that a the kind of, are you going to bring that kind of energy to the stage if you start playing these songs live? This is a preview uh, of my stage banter. Kick out the jams here. Yeah. I'm Derek you, triple threat hope, podcaster. Hope you morons like this crap. Streamer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a hell yeah going in the audience. I want to hear you guys let's get a, scream. Let's get a shrug. Let's get a shrug going from the left to the right. Nope, too fast. <laughs> Try again. I want to see this next one on everyone's Instagram story tomorrow. On that note, thanks for being here, Derek. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Thanks for uh, telling me about Canadian murder and shit guys let's um listen to Derek's song and then everyone can harshly judge me and arlen for it if they don't like it i had nothing to do with this so if you don't like it don't come at me (laughs) if you do i actually uh i played uh drums on it (laughs) 